I don't know which party my wife belongs to, but uh, she belongs to my kitchen and my living room and the other room. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Room with me, Abby, and Kes and Ginger. <laughs> I was hoping they would introduce themselves, but it's okay. <laughs> Hi, Kes here. <laughs> Okay, on today's episode, we also have with us a guest who will be popping in for a quick chat on navigating misogyny or misogynoir in the music industry. But before we get into all of that, we have a quick round of an icebreaker game. F. Marie Kill, I've been excited for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and we have today our options Kodrainchi, are you listening? Kwabna Kwabna, and Akan. I mean, for me, I'll say the correct answer would be like, true, true, but you have to choose F, marry, or kill. So, <laughs> Kessie, <you> go first. Kudrenchi, Kwabna, Kwabna, Akan. Akan, yes. I would kill Akan because I don't really know much about him. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in pain. Um, oh. <laughs> I would have Oh my god, I would have to marry Kodrain Tree and then F um hey. Kovna, Kovna. And this is only because of that his song. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then you remember the Come on, kiss. Give yeah. them. <laughs> oh um fa- what, what's it? Fabetri or something, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, okay. <laughs> Petri. Okay, Ginger. <laughs> Make your choice. <laughs> I think I would kill Akan as well, but I would <laughs> I would f Kopna Kopna and marry. I would f Kujoin Chivada and then marry Kopna Kopna because I feel like mm. like Kopna Kopna he's an eccentric. Like I feel like he'd be fun to be with. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Okay, yeah, interesting. True. Well, for me, Akan is the only man I've seen that I. I know that I have to have his baby. So, like, I can't if you're listening. Ooh. Let's get married and have babies. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I would F Kobna Kobna, of course, because just like I said, and I'm yeah. not <laughs> like, um, and Kojanichi, I would have to kill, sadly, oh. but you know, yeah, the attraction did, but like, yeah, sorry. Rules yeah. are rules. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next segment, then, was popping. Okay, you might have noticed a few red AVs on your timeline, which was part of the online protest organized by the queer community against the rampant homophobia they're experiencing in Ghana now. And I followed some of the tweets and I love some of the conversations going on, but there were a bit of heartbreaking stories as well which i think was so is the goal of just drawing attention to the issue so i suppose in that sense it worked and it was good but like what do you guys think did you follow it and was it a successful campaign would you say i would say to some extent it was a success because they targeted twitter users and i mean we are just but a fraction of Ghanaians, so in that sense, we had a lot more. I saw a lot of red dots. I'll call them red dots all over. I saw a lot of engagement, a lot of people using the hashtag Ghana Gets Better. And mm-hmm. even some international people also joining in the conversation. So I would say for the aim, or I would think that was their aim, to get something started online because it was an online protest. 
to get something started on Twitter. And then maybe from there, we could move on to something more physical, something more national and stuff. So for what it did, I think it worked. I think it was a success. Okay. Ginger. Yeah, basically what Kes said, because if we are to take the people around me or like the people in my demographic or whatever, like my friend group, maybe I would say it was a success because I did see quite a number of red dots. But mm-hmm. as like the whole country type of thing, I don't think it was a success. I think it was just something that was within a particular circle and those people within that circle saw it and tried to do justice to it. Because even me, not everybody I know put on a red dp you know so so i don't think to say it was a success that's a stretch but like did we get word out there sure because on my tl2 i saw a number of people wondering like i was everybody's dp red and then somebody would reply and say so we we, like did it um, fulfill whatever goal they wanted it to fulfill maybe they wanted to get the word out there and everything maybe but i don't think it was like a full-on success Hmm. yeah i mean definitely the conversation needs to keep going right and outside of twitter as well also there was this other online protest which came very short notice to boycott twitter on friday the 9th of april i guess that would have also been interesting to make an impact because it's mainly against harassment and abuse women face online i mean i tried to follow it because i saw it's very late but I don't think I had full 24 hours of not tweeting. Were you able to participate? What did you think about it? I think it was a good initiative. I Mm -hmm. didn't participate because, again, like you said, I saw it later. I woke up that day and I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, we didn't get any notice, really. So I think it was a good initiative. Maybe it should have been organized better. It should have been talked about more. I think Mm -hmm. it was, but it was within like a smaller circle. It didn't get the attention that it should have gotten. And on that same day, I saw a hashtag. I don't know what, I I forget what it was, like Twitter men or something like that, which I didn't understand. I don't know if that hashtag was to mock this whole protest that was going on or whatever, but yeah. That, that that got me confused, the whole thing. But yeah, I didn't participate. That's the thing. I didn't I didn't even know about that till you know the day we spoke about it because I was like, are people were boycotting Twitter? Like I, I don't and honestly I don't see like I read I read the thread and then like honestly I didn't see the point because Twitter, if you're trying to get mm. a, um something across, it's better you say it than to not say it. I feel like the whole point of Twitter is to talk to put stuff out there to put information out there to be loud on the things you care about so for you to come and say that like no we should boycott we should rather not tweet i don't i don't think it serves any purpose at all really i don't think people will even notice because me i didn't even know that that particular thing was happening I think if maybe the communication had come out prior to, because their goal was that limit interaction limits data for companies blah blah yeah. blah cutting yeah. to add so it could have been better. And then also, it was like I said, it was on brand for men to start mocking it because yeah. that is what they always do, right? And I'm like, that's pretty much the main point of conversation for today. Basically, anything that drives towards like hatred against women in any form, whether you're just downplaying issues that matter to them or you're being a full on sexist or whatever, like 
it's all just misogyny in various degrees. I guess this drives us into the next segment, which is the sizzler. So I'm just going to go on and then we talk. The difference between misogyny and misogynoise. Misogyny is basically hatred or distrust against or prejudice against women by men in general. And then misogynoise gets very specific in that is the exact or specific harms that are perpetrated by black men towards black women. So that's where the difference comes into play. And I think it's just also very important to make that distinction because as black women, our existence alone is like political in such a way that no one else gets to understand. And when we are dealing with sexism and all the other ills of society on its own, we also then have to come back and then within our homes or our own like immediate community have that dealt onto us by the black men there as well. To carry on the conversation, I'll just start by asking, how do you think misogyny plays out in our society first or misogynoir plays out in Ghana? And then the effects of that on women and the society at large. No, uh, no, Tracy, you go, you go. Oh, no, Kes, go! <laughs> um, the question is so okay. thick, like, it's so deep. Yeah, I'm just, like, thinking about it, like, I'll be going. Let, let me go first, then. Okay, basically, the way I see it playing out mainly is through, like, just regular conversation and interaction, right, where colorism comes into play and body shaming, a bit of, homophobia transphobia like all of those things where women are not allowed to just express themselves and own their autonomy without being say shut upon by men even when you're listening to music the obakoko and Bruni and all those things they kind of place a certain trope of like oh the beautiful woman and the one that is so socially acceptable and that ends up feeding into people's like psyche of how they are accepted in society. If I'm not light enough, I'm not attractive enough. Or if I'm not light enough, I can't do this, you know, that kind of thing. Or also just random stuff like, oh, you're too fat, you should lose weight. Like someone told Sini to lose weight after having a baby because she's a celeb and she can afford to do that. You know, it's just little things that they might just brush aside as, oh, yeah, it's just boys being boys. But it's actually very harmful to women and yeah that's how i see it playing out and then the effects are just we could go on like it plays into people's self-esteem society is actually set up on these ideologies which if you ask me i'll say trickles down again to the white people because they had these fundamentals of how like women should behave and blah 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 and then it trickles down to us as well so yeah i just it's a lot. Like Tracy said, it's heavy. And I guess if I'm to go on, I'll just probably blah blah forever. So yeah. What do you guys have to say? It's very difficult. It's like we are born into it. We are born into it. So it's very difficult for us or for people to detach from that ideology. And mm. when I was doing all this, like reading around it and stuff like that, I was like, oh, okay, this is sexism, you know? Because exactly. we had in a previous episode i think like season one or two we had talked about sexism and i was like okay so this is probably similar to what we have um, talked about and what we experience daily but then i did some more reading and i did see that it's actually not the same what well, they are linked but they're not the same in the sense that sexism um is the ideology ideology that supports but then what's it called misogyny actually enforces which I found very interesting. Yeah, like I do. I don't know how. I, do, I really don't know how we are going to move on from this. But 
the whole meaning of that word is hatred of women. And it's like, how do you, how do you get born into a society hating women? It's like they say babies are born sinners and <laughs> men are born haters. Like that's it. I don't know, but it's crazy. But yeah, we experience it daily. I think sometimes we even brush it off like yeah. because it's more or less normal or it's mm-hmm. if you react to it then you are the aggressive woman so mm. <laughs> it's like let me just let me just deal with it as it is you know and then but yeah like we experience it in our everyday lives and it's crazy and it's i i don't know how it's going to change because everyone sees it as normal yeah but yeah it's society like abby said I feel like, especially in Ghana, a lot of um, the misogynistic things that men do are actually seen as, like, normal things. So, when you, as, like, a progressive woman, question some of these actions, you're seen as, like, oh, you're trying to stir the pot, or, like, you're being too aggressive, or, yeah, yeah, some way. Because in Ghana, a lot of the misogynistic things that people do are, like, things that men would normally do like cat calling women commenting on women's body anyhow and like men feel i feel like a lot of men feel like they have the right especially when it comes to women to just like comment or talk about them in any way that's that's the thing that i don't understand because if we have to take for example somebody like counselor luchos like we've given men the opportunity to basically say anything they want when it comes to women Men in Ghana have the freedom to just like <laughs> to like do so many 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 things that are negative to women, like the body shaming, the colorism. Like they are allowed to do a lot of things because in Ghana women are seen as like they are supposed they are under men basically. That's like the prime example of misogyny that I see, especially here in Ghana. Men having the freedom to like come even this Jackie thing. Like if because in like when you think about it, I think I think that if Jackie was male if you are that, that day on that episode i even mentioned that if your talk had come to say that oh my music is for sp- sp- um, <laughs> some people people wouldn't really come up and come and say we brought you we made you be humble but because she's a woman like people expect her to like be humble and timid and like you get it so i feel like that's that's one of the main examples of misogyny that i personally identify in ghana the freedom that men have to just speak on women's issues negatively yeah, that's true. on their bodies and everything yeah i feel like it affects women in certain ways that we can't truly be ourselves a lot of women are boxed because of what mm-hmm. they think men would say or maybe i won't get a husband you know it's, <laughs> it doesn't allow women to be themselves yeah in society. yeah it's like yeah. we are put into these like four trips like i said where the angry yeah. woman the, set, yeah. the sassy one, the Jezebel trope, the, and I'm like, come on, women are so much more than that. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. we can't fit into these labels and just expect us to function like that on this own. And then you men have the freedom to do whatever you want. Like, how does that make sense? Also, when Tracy talked about our culture and our tradition, uh, mm-hmm. just thinking about it, like, yeah, we are really, women are really inferior to men in this uh, society that we live yeah. in. We yeah. bring up men and women but groom the woman for marriage and then the man can do whatever he does right and then yeah yet we still as women have to wait for men to propose to us or like that's mm-hmm. what is the norm it's there are, there are a few instances where a woman is the one proposing to the man and stuff but then it's like 
even that the man is like i'm not ready but when he's ready and the one's not ready he's like yeah i'm ready so we are everything everything is serving the man like we are yeah. we are so inferior to the men that that's the issue and then also when it comes to marriage everyone comes to the woman and says when are you getting married why are you not mm-hmm. married meanwhile we can't have it we, we don't really have a choice in deciding that okay i want to get married today because you want to get married today but the man is not ready so and in our society the man is the one who takes care of the woman and whatever even though the woman makes more money than the man or you know because of some traditions and stuff like that so what tracy said just got me thinking of that as well and again yeah. we men are born haters so <laughs> <laughs> definitely and then that saying that is also like it, it's amusing when other women t- tend to internalize all that language and everything and be like you have to be pleasant with how you approach men regarding the conversation on misogyny and everything or feminism and i'm like no we don't owe it to them to be pleasant because this is our lived experiences you know and it's mm-hmm. literally violence they are perpetrating against us all the time so if sometimes you're aggressive or you're whatever, it's valid because also not all women have similar experiences, especially when it comes to like our class positions and all of that. Like some of us are more privileged, so we don't see the exact struggles that other women tend to face and we can't really relate to them on that level. So it's actually a bit, I, I want to say like condescending or something, patronizing in a sense to be like yeah don't be wicked with your feminism or don't be this with your feminism like can you not i'm just hoping that people are able to decenter themselves more both men and women from the conversation and just listen to everyone else uh is there anything else to add here or we are done with this segment and can move ahead all i'll say is that conversations still get um, should keep going it doesn't end here it in our everyday lives and everything we should make people aware that misogyny exists like you can't just judge a woman because she's a woman give her a chance you know we understand that society doesn't really favor us like that but still give us a chance we we are people after all (laughs) yeah definitely so yeah in our everyday lives we just need to keep going we will be continuing the conversation with our guest after the break. Do also check out the Ethical Fashion Initiative podcast, episode one of series two with Virgil Abloh. And we'll be back shortly. I exist to, to say, hey, the, the artist with a capital A and designer with a capital D can be different, but they can also operate in a different way. So my practice since the very beginning is open source. It's educational while it exists. You know, I give out the codes. I do these sort of talks. It's a mentorship by existing. Not, Ooh, what a beautiful not, phrase. Mentorship by existing. It's beautiful. It's true. Bloggers, travelers, and globe gallivanters, this is your girl, O'Connor from the Bogger Podcast, the livest, most cliche-ness, and definitely the guy's podcast in town. Not only should you listen to the Bogger Pod because I'm delectable and offer charming conversation, but we give you all the rundown on what it's like to be an expert slash immigrant, and we like to have fun with it. To listen, search for the Bogger Podcast on your favorite podcast player, or go to listen to gcr.com slash the Bogger Pod to listen directly. Joining us on the conversation today is Jean Barbara, who was the former general manager of Kimani Moore Entertainment Limited. As the general manager, she 
was overseeing the daily operations of the company. Jean has always had interest in the music business and is incorporating planning, logistics, management, and unconventional problem solving into her work. She has an MSc in procurement and supply chain management from Cranfield University and a BSc in business administration from Ashesi University. Like, big woman is, Charlie. Welcome to the show, Jean. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Today's conversation is on the topic of message noir. Mm. And having been in the industry, the music industry, I guess the most recent controversy being, um, I want to say, Jackie's, we are going to humble you and all of that. Um, And then followed by, I also saw Simi, someone like body shaming her after having a baby, telling her Mm. to go work out or something and lose the weight. And I'm like, all these little things, yeah, like female artists just, are almost always facing and experiencing mm-hmm. bits of sexism and misogynoir basically um, every mm-hmm. time. And having experience in the industry, what would you say women are to expect and prep for from like the various stakeholders there? Because it's pretty much a man's world. So how can they navigate it now? Like how best do they, what should they expect basically? Be prepared to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like forget about the angry black woman trope that might be put on you because if you're not aggressive things will get done like i can tell you there are some times when we've uploaded music everything is set then someone comes and is saying something else i've had to scream at a number of people a number of distros to ensure Hmm. that the songs that you collect from certain people get put out on time get rolled out properly because it's like sometimes um, people just do not want to take you seriously. And for my four years in the business, a lot of times I try to not say much, not do much, just be behind my computer, analyze numbers, uh, do budgeting, upload the music as and when, stuff like that. But then there were times where I just couldn't avoid having to speak. I couldn't avoid speaking to certain people. Like it got to a point where Odunsi got too big that I couldn't hide. And my boss wouldn't let me hide. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, I always had to, and at first I thought, yeah, let me just be in the background, not say anything. Just do what I need to do, keep my head down Mm because I'm not a manager. I just deal with the back end after deals are done after conversations are had but i realized that because of that people sometimes didn't want to take me seriously because it's not my boss that they're dealing with and they didn't exactly know me so then i had to be more aggressive to get certain yeah. things done and it's annoying like your your, your blood pressure will be high it's frustrating <laughs> in meetings like it took a while, but there'll be some people that will try to talk down to you. Funny enough, the talking down I got more from um, African men than the white people. I was shocked. Because I was like, yeah. I, had prepared, mm-hmm. I had prepared myself that I'm going to be, I'm going to have to be aggressive with white people a bit more. There were some when it came to certain things, but... I'm still under NDA, so I can't say it. And certain announcements haven't gone out yet. So 
I can't say mm-hmm. it, but like you make a deal on something. You explain how African markets work, especially the Nigerian markets, because that was my main focus. Most of the artists that the company managed were Nigerian. Most of the artists that we um, did consulting work for, like promo and stuff like that, were mostly Nigerian or um, from the UK. Mm-hmm. And same with them. The distro deal that we had started like some months before I finally left. And so with those markets, you let them know that this is how it works. Especially when it comes to payments, things like this. And with the way the Nigerian government keeps making it harder and harder and harder for people to transfer money from outside Nigeria. Like, I don't know. You remember, I'm going off tangents a bit. But I remember when the issue with um, TransferWise happened where yeah. they basically said, Nigeria basically said, the Nigerian government basically said they are cutting off people being able to send money through those places in the wake of the NSAS protest because they realized that all they did didn't work because these avenues were there for people to get sent money. When they canceled yeah. it, I remember I spent a whole day on the call. Everyone at work were all confused because that's one of the main places that people's money goes to and payments for certain things, payments to engineers and stuff like that. So it really gravely affected us. And yeah. it's like when you are explaining these things to people outside of the African markets, it's like they want to act like you do not know what you're talking about. And I'm like, sir, your expertise is the USA. Your expertise might be UK. Your expertise is the West. It's not Africa. We are the ones that are here. We know what we are talking about when we tell you it needs to be done this way. So then it's like there's a bit of clashes that you get because people honestly truly believe that they know more than you even if they are not well versed in the market that you're well versed in because mm-hmm. you're a woman and then ah you are a black woman it's like they don't want to hear you yeah. so mr jonas of the ghanaian music industry i don't even want to get into that because <laughs> i kept myself out of that place that wasn't my focus i have no use okay so (laughs) so then just looking at the music industry in general just for anyone who might be interested wherever um would you say it's going to be possible to diverse from working with certain characters if that's like the only way to create a safe and working environment for yourself or would that be career suicide where you just like you said you just really have to be aggressive okay so with uh, the being aggressive you have to pick and choose your battles Mm. you have to know so for example if you know the artist you have is good and people do not want to pass up on them they quickly readjust when they realize that what they are doing will piss you off in the long run and then they'll miss out when you are starting it's a bit harder to stand your ground Mm. i was lucky maybe because and we started with the artists in the altar scene and the way we um, marketed them a lot of people it works this way for a lot of people you are marketed a lot in your country and then from there depending on how popular you are in your country it helps you to step out into other countries and gain popularity there 
but for us we did it the other way around so with Odunsi it was a bit popular in Nigeria like on the hotel scene but we marketed him more, marketed him more to the young um, Nigerians and Africans who liked alternative music and music that Odunsi makes in the UK US it's like we marketed him everywhere outside of Africa and it's like once Africans in the diaspora excuse my language fuck with you it goes down like it just comes back so yeah. that's how that's how it went so it, it's like if you are able to build in such a way that people know they do not want to miss out on the artists that you have then it's easier to stand your ground but at the beginning it will be difficult but i got lucky that i didn't have to work with certain characters in the Ghanaian music industry because they weren't my focus even in the nigerian music industry because um my boss most of her connections came from in the music industry came from the uk okay. and then we came to build off ourselves in nigeria after we had made sure our artists had blown up with certain demographics in the west and even in asia so it's it will be it's a difficult industry to navigate you might have to work with certain questionable characters and people who will downplay your expertise, will downplay your um, your knowledge and try to make it seem like you don't know what you're doing. But yeah. if you are able to build with solid artists and solid um, portfolio for yourself, for example, like from the uh, management side, because that's where we started from, it's eventually you you wouldn't have to deal with them for long and then the final question i'm really big on reimagining things like i don't like the idea or i hate to believe that how systems are set up is just how mm-hmm. it's supposed to be for whenever mm-hmm. so if we are to reimagine and say there's a jean barbara music industry or some shit like that i don't know <laughs> label how is it how is an ideal industry looking like to you for both male female artists whatever like for a safe space i would say so an ideal industry would be first of all you not having to have a third eye when it comes to your um female colleagues when it comes to your female artists because people are weirdos (laughs) and just like to not respect women's personal space and then for men for um let's say other genders especially men it's like the more alternative you are in your style people start are you gay are you gay are you this are you that an ideal industry would be that just because someone is a little bit different doesn't mean they're gay and if they are gay it shouldn't matter that's who they are mm-hmm. it's the part of them it's not the it shouldn't be like the leading factor on how you resonate with them and if someone is that way or seen that way it shouldn't become an issue where it's, it feels like career suicide for them to be themselves luckily yes. it's changing hopefully it gets to change more because for see like this people Every the whole time I worked with him, every quarter there's a are you gay question. 
it was so annoying and unnecessary and i'm like who cares and if the games love him that's even better who cares if you fuck with the music you fuck with the music if it's another artist and they come out to be gay it shouldn't be an issue and an ideal industry for me would be everyone can be themselves and it won't be career suicide everyone is respected for their expertise and the amount of work they've put in the experience they've put in they've gotten for um, how much they are willing to learn so for the newer people it shouldn't be so difficult to get in especially if you're a black woman and everyone should be able to look out for each other because again going a little off tangent there's a reason female producers aren't as many as male producers because mm-hmm. they get to and like sound engineers and stuff like that get to spend a lot more time in the studio they can go hours into the night and even though police might worry them when they are going home they don't have the fear of someone is going to harass me someone's going to rape me and kill me and leave me in a ditch if we look out for each other it'll be easy it'll be that barrier of entry where the female artists and female uh, producers and sound engineers face where they have to leave earlier than everybody or they don't even feel safe in the studio because you know there are some studios weird things be happening if everyone looked out for each other especially if those more established as i said assistant men who are more established in the industry look out for their junior colleagues or the the green horns in the in the industry especially the women and make it safer the industry will be more balanced like that's that's the kind of industry i'm looking forward to having people are seeing it and are talking about it and hopefully it turns into actual action mm-hmm. because there's a lot of talent we are missing out on yeah both, both male and female and whichever other way people identify there's a lot of talent mm-hmm. we're missing out on because the industry just wants to be a certain way which is why i'm very grateful for the people who go indie or start indie and work their way through because honestly you can start indie and stay indie yeah so you can start indie and stay indie and it'll work out but hopefully the industry becomes a bit more integrated and people look out for each other that way to be more safer yeah definitely thank you very much jean love 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 your um insights and your input here and thanks everyone for listening in and do let us know your experience or anything you would want to add onto the conversation on twitter at gcr tour and you can also follow us on ig as well at gcr tour uh check out the playlist we put out last week by searching down bad on spotify or apple music and also check out other episodes on listen to gcr.com oh and we'll also have another playlist coming out next week so be on the lookout for that and until next time have a lovely week everyone this has been a gold coast reports production Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com. Are you good? You better not be stressed or him.